what is the mindset of a messianic youthful successor? Lincoln here from Turn to Burn Family.com's Transformational Man Cave. We encourage males to crush effeminacy and aspire to domestic excellence. We have been so privileged to be carrying you through a tour of our life raft, the first in this series on youthful succession. And we have been going through our Father's will, our Heavenly Father's will, who are you, who a successor is, etc. And today we're continuing with that and we're going into the mindset of a youthful successor. Thank you for being present today. I'm always convicted and impressed and floored whenever I explore my understanding of my mission statement as a grown man, quote unquote, to see the mission mind that a 12-year-old Hebrew boy displayed under extreme Roman and Judaistic persecution. I'm also comically entertained by man or humans who think that we can carnally or in our own strength execute God's will. In the end, it is only those who do our Heavenly Father's will that will enter heaven, and it appears that many will not make it. See Matthew 7, 14-22. A successor in biblical or messianic studies is usually the family's eldest son. A successor takes over, secures, promotes, protects, or defends a bloodline, legacy, or a pedigree. Today, there are 10 main Clemepicha points that I feel are burdening God's heart pertaining youths. I feel our Heavenly Father saying, and we're going to go into this principle of Clemepicha, that, or I'll introduce it to it, that youthful successors, one, compulsively do Father's will, and that's C, compulsive, they're compulsive. Two, Youthful successors know all spiritual laws. They are learned. 3. They live from a balanced growth environment. They are environmentally conscious. E. 4. They surround themselves with strong mentors. M. They are meaning mentor managers. 5. They are exposed to proper spiritual practices early. So they are exposed early. 6. Youthful successors are proactive and self-assured. So P. Proactive. 7. Youthful successors depend on God and not man. They are independent. 8. They are innovative and creative. C. Creative. 9. They are humble. H. Humble. And 10. They are attentively coached or parented. So these spell out Clemme Picha. So the A here means attentively coached. In fact, I feel our Heavenly Father Yahweh transitioning parents to life guardians as many parents are more obsessed to pay rents than attentively guard or coach successors. The acronym C-L-E-M-E-P-I-C-H-A might help to remind you of the characteristics of a youthful Christian or messianic successor. So that is in an introduction to Clement Peter and in terms of that being the features or mindset of a messianic youthful successor. We will come back to or return to these Clement Peter points based on the life of Christ and his parents' approach to coaching him. 
So King Jesus Christ also being the son of man as is one of his titles or the successor of mankind, the defender of the human race, is more than a suffering servant. He is the defender or the rescuer of Adam's bloodline. Adam and the biblical story of Adam is he is the first human created by Yahweh God. Adam's bloodline needed rescuing because of the Eden rebellion instigated by the enemy of man, Satan, in partnership with Adam's seemingly persuasive wife, Eve. And that's between Genesis 1 and 3 in the Holy Bible. They, that's Adam and Eve, had children after they rebelled by eating the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so all their bloodline, including all of us here today, became affected and infected by the fruit of the forbidden tree. Because of their rebellion, Adam and Eve were bad parents, and I feel God saying that every rebellious parent, that is, those not in line with God's will, are essentially bad influences who are making it difficult for the children that for their children to represent or succeed Christ because of the legacy of the forbidden fruit in their bloodline. We're going to be continuing on this after the break. Join the FAMTI Institute today and learn how to make better life choices by cultivating a godly mindset in our Messianic Mentorship Programs. All programs are $120 per person monthly, with personal sessions $100 for individuals and $200 for family. We look forward to have you join the conversation at famtfamily.com. Lincoln here from Turn to Burn, famtyfamily.com's Transformational Man Cave, continuing on our tour of this, <clears throat> excuse me, of our Life Raft series number one on youthful succession. And we just made the point about Adam and Eve, the first human family, essentially setting up the rest of the human race for failure and disaster and not be not setting the stage for youthful succession. Thank you for being present with us and continuing with us today. A bloodline is your line of ancestors or what is called your pedigree and is determined by your DNA, your deoxyribonucleic acid as it's called. Deoxyribonucleic acid is called DNA, that's the acronym for deoxyribonucleic acid and is the molecule or chemical that provides the instructions to create you exactly as you are biologically. Some people even say in terms of your mental disposition as well. The Eden Rebellion resulted in a spiritual DNA switch between Satan's DNA, effectively replacing God's DNA, making Satan Adam's spiritual father. There's a, a, a theory in in messianic studies that when god made man he breathed into man and man became a living soul and that process of god breathing into man gave man spiritual dna because god's breath is who we call the holy spirit ruach elohim and 
for us as humans we were initially meant to live on the breath of god which makes us alive so we're making the point that oh in the same way we have a biological dna as physical dna that creates us biologically we were created with spiritual dna which is the holy spirit who creates us in god's image who makes us operate sorry in god's image we're making a point now that the eden rebellion which is spoken of in the early part of genesis resulted in a spiritual dna switch between satan's dna reflect effectively replacing god's dna making satan fallen adam's spiritual father in a fallen sense see john 8 44 and john 10 26 it appears that when satan's dna entered man's spirit the spirit of god the dna of the father see luke 135 which speaks of christ being born with the holy spirit resting on mary the spirit of of the father the dna of the father left man's spirit and tainted and contaminated or corrupted God's image and likeness, which is man. Just like humans, purebred, purebred breeders only breed their animals with known purebreds. God does not mix his breed, man, with the devil. We're making the point here that when, we cho- when man chose to sin, the spirit that was in us, which is the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, was evicted, quote-unquote, and what replaced that was a fallen spirit, the animal spirit, which is the spirit of the adversary, the devil. And that is the spirit that encourages man to use his choices in a destructive way. Now, God already knew this contamination of his pure breed was going to happen before he said, let light be. And he had man's successor and defender, Christ, his only begotten son, his only genuine unperverted son, ready to spring into action. His unique son was ready to spring into action to totally clean up man's corrupted and tainted pedigree. Christ restored man's pedigree and those who believe in him receive his pure blood transfusion. Successors are very important as they can make a bloodline pure, a pure breed or thoroughbred, or they can keep it mixed and filthy, a mongrel or bastard pedigree. The main point, hopefully that's not offensive language, the main point to remember is that youths represent successors to a bloodline even if you're not the eldest. Your purpose and mission in life is to carry on a pure bloodline both physically and spiritually and to do your father's business. Your actions and habits now determine your family's pedigree, that is, the purity of the bloodline. You probably know a little of your earthly family's bloodline, but you also have a spiritual bloodline. Colossians 1 verse 15 in the Holy Bible impresses on me that King Jesus Christ of Nazareth is the firstborn of creation from which many others come. Similarly, the devil is in a sense a father of a line of successors as in John 8 verse 44. The question today, which bloodline are you succeeding? Failure to succeed Christ's bloodline means success in carrying on or succeeding the devil's bloodline. 
we're going to pause here today we encourage your reactions on the usual channels family strong on our facebook at family strong on our facebook uh, and as well as connect at familyfamily.com which is our email address if you're on the anchor platform you can call in leave your reactions with us and questions comments disagreements etc bring us into that discussion that we encourage you to have in your family to use this as a platform use this life raft series as a platform for family discussion on this issue of youthful succession we encourage you to also visit us at familyfamily.com and leave us some of your contacts your comments there as well Lincoln from Family Family encouraging you to have a great day crushing effeminacy. Why rob God and this world of you and your family? And until next time, be nuclear. Join the Family Institute today and learn how to make better life choices by cultivating a godly mindset in our messianic mentorship programs. All programs are $120 per person monthly with personal sessions, $100 for individuals and $200 for family. We look forward to have you join the conversation at famtfamily.com. face this life and leave with scars rough badges of our many wars the harmful words and violent touch are signs of shame we try to hide expressions of our hate unwrapped in each human birthed to us lies love's image trapped in dust a note is sent to earth in jars or flesh a canvas for van gogh the painter that we fail to know sent his own son to take our blows and as his flesh this world disposed was ripped and torn to many shreds his body ruined as blood ran red his side no longer flawless clean or mess an evil story his scars profess his father's glory that while our sins were dark and gory he was not afraid saying the closer you get to really know me you'll see these scars make me no less holy i remember one night paul banging on my door shouting your father just died and your mom has been trying to get you hurry to the hospital in those days we had a thing called dial-up which meant when you were on the internet you lost voice calls i had a reggae music website that i was working on it took 30 minutes to upload one song i didn't make any money from it but carried the scars thinking maybe if i was available I remember falling from a bus, I nearly died. The wheels escaping my head. 
In those days in Jamaica, buses didn't stop, they slowed down. And you hopped off and rang alongside the bus to slow down. I did the first part correctly, so my shoulder was left scarred. I bounced off the ground and back to my feet, hoping no one saw. I remember rushing to the hospital room. They induced labor, not telling me about preeclampsia. I said, okay, thinking the baby was still okay. However, 10 hours later, I held him. The splitting image of me and similarly lifeless. They then turned attention to saving her. He seemed a distraction. I almost killed two more people. Each story left me more scarred. And I forgot about the painter who behind all this pain was still creating a masterpiece. Each scar made me feel further from him. Unworthiness of my flesh feeling. The hope in the Bible of fable for fools. There is no God, I said. And if he exists, he's a psychopath. The scars I bore signs of his wrath. I lived hooked by that lie that made me destined to fry. God would not get the pleasure of seeing me cry, alone and confused, destined to lose, only looking forward to the next weekend when I could get drunk again, looking in the mirror and seeing the monster I had become. And then at the end of two semi-automatic guns, I heard... The closer you get to really know me, you will see these scars make me no less holy. So I looked at the cross and saw the scars that he bore, for a world that their king refused to adore. He showed me his beard that was plucked like a duck. He took the disgrace so I wouldn't need luck. Those scars are his trophies. These scabs share a story of how the dawn shares glory through suffering and pain and invites scar-filled sinners to share in his reign. But his throne is built for flesh draped in white, humans born again to be enrobed in light, who give up our scars because he clings to his grants eternal life with the life that he lives and the worst thing is that we think he will not know the scarring from hatred that we choose to hide and so many jewels resort to backslide rejecting the symphony in scars on our king declaring to the world in the most tranquil voice the closer you get to really know me you will see your scars make you no less holy.